This is Naked by the Future Farm, where entrepreneurship is stripped to its vulnerable core. Brought to you by Vladimesh Kobrestinska and Nectarios Lolios. And remember to subscribe, follow and rate Naked to help us share it with the world. Hi, Vladi, how are you? <laughs> They're beautiful. I am, I'm good. I'm uh, good now when I see you. I was a little bit frustrated with this uh, internet of ours in Pakistan. It's an ongoing saga, but this is one thing we have to live with, you know, privileges of the Western world. So mm. be grateful. And you told me before we started talking that Nadim has got COVID. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's another that thing. Too. <laughs> <laughs> that too. That too. Yeah. I, uh, but he's, he's slowly, slowly recovering. It somehow feels like... Um, a little bit of the flu mindset. And I think we are trying to acquire that is like, okay, we got it. We're going to get through it. It's uh, you know, the body is weak. Um, but I think we are trying to work on the mind while the body's uh, fighting. Um, so I hope I will preserve my strengths and immunity, but let's see. Yeah. Um, really, I think it's a little bit of a mind game, but yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. How are you today? I'm, I'm actually good. I had a very quiet weekend. I had, oh, that's well, since, since we like to talk about self-care here, um, mm -hmm. I, I stopped doing yoga because my yoga teacher mm. decided to focus on work and he had other reasons. So I lost something that was important to me last year. And I had a, a slightly awkward conversation last week with Wei and a friend who were practically trying to nudge me to just look for something else. And I was very reluctant. It was yeah. like pushing back and I didn't like them telling me what to do because oh, I generally I don't like being told what to do. Uh -huh. uh, and then over the weekend, kind of inspired by the conversation, but on my terms, I did some research <laughs> and found a place. So... Um, it's a place that is actually physically very close. So it's convenient because convenience was very important to me. And they have lots of classes, which most of them they also offer online. So I can choose if I want to get up out of bed and walk to the studio, which is literally across the road, mm. or just do it from home. So that made me very happy. And I tried one yesterday and that didn't make me happy. The teacher wasn't, <laughs> I didn't enjoy the teacher. I'm, I'm not making a judgment about them. I'm making a judgment right, about them. It is a chemistry. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Totally a chemistry. So, I, yeah, yeah. You yeah, have to find somebody to motivate you to do it also beyond yourself. It's for me that mm. I'm back back in the yoga game, which I know Good. brought me a lot of peace and strength. And uh, so I'm curious to see how it's going to evolve. So that's big news for me. Other than that, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm actually okay. How about you? Oh, Other than the COVID. Good. It's, it's good to see you the energy that comes through the screen mm. feels more balanced. That's what I'm sending. You are giving, you are giving of, me good vibes. Lots of sleep as well. Mm. Cool stuff. Yeah, simple stuff. Where simple are you? Stuff. In Karachi. We've arrived. We're going to stay in this place for the next three weeks. So that also gives me a little bit of zen because we are minimizing the travels. Um, and I, yeah, I'm enjoying the time here. So on that front, stuff is good. Um, staying in Pakistan for another month. That's the plan. That's the plan. 
Um, I was thinking a little bit, but when I was sort of preparing for today, just sorting my thoughts, like um, what did I want to talk to you about and also share with the people out there. And this news that you shared in the morning, sort of, you know, channeled through it, it was like run through my plans and everything. And I thought that it would be just so beautiful to celebrate it together and share through us, maybe with the wider world that might not even know um, that if you are with me, then I'm just sort of going to go for it. That uh, our dear friend, if I may call her that way, who we hosted on Naked, probably what a year ago yeah i think it was about april march april last year yeah so double gold olympian um advocate for mental health now an entrepreneur she wears a lot of hats dame kelly holmes um who came out gay um and it was just wonderful from my perspective obviously i would love to hear your thoughts and how you connected with it but um, when I read some of her statements, it was still deeply emotional and it brought me back to the story and the pieces of her that shared, she shared with us a year ago about sort of the journey she was going through. And it just made me realize that when we talked to her, she was still like this huge part of her, her, actually her was not be, she was not able to share it with us. And it just made me, Ooh, you know, that was heavy. So, but it was heavy and beautiful at the same time. So that was sort of, um, in, yeah, it, it impacted me today. And I'm, I, I think I'm going to carry it a little bit through the next few days. And maybe I thought it's another opportunity to bring her in if she's up for it. But let's see. I mm. guess we'll have a lot, a lot of media attention in the next few months. It's, it's interesting because when I was thinking about the episode today, I thought, um, this is invariably going to end up being a Pride Month special. <laughs> um, look, I, I read the news on, I think uh, she posted on social media on Saturday night that it's going mm. to be out on uh, on, on Sunday. Um, and, and as an LGBT person, you do have this bizarre habit that you develop where you have to come out to people you don't have to but invariably mm. you do right and you meet people and and uh, over years i know that when i meet somebody and i'm being upfront about my sexuality um because i don't want to get into any of this ambiguity uh kind of situations um then people at some point will ask you so when did you come out mm -hmm. as gay and i used to mm -hmm. normally answer that's true directly and now i'm going are you asking me when I came out the first time? Or are mm. you asking me when I come out the last time? Because last time mm. was when I was in this it's meeting like last week where I needed to make a point about having a male partner because it was important in the context of the conversation. Mm. And so that's the one angle that we can have on the conversation because last week there was this whole brouhaha around Rebel Wilson, Australia, the, the actress who um, went public because there was a newspaper who uh, the City Morning Herald, a, a respectable newsletter, who practically sent her an email and said, look, um, we, we kind of have, we want to write about you having a female partner and you've got two days to reply. And if you don't reply, we'll go public with it anyway, which was all very, very dangerous in the sense of 
uh, this is how people used to be outed in the past when they weren't ready to go public, but somebody knew something. And then, and this apparently was different. The, the intention of the journalist, the way they described it was not to threaten her, but um, it wasn't man managed very well. But the whole point of this- It sounds pretty, pretty disgusting. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, at least from what you are sharing with me, it's like somebody's- it sounds like a threat and about something so personal. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think the, the point in, in the journalist view was this has got nothing to do with sexuality. If we hear something about somebody, we usually tell them, look, you have the right to comment on this. Uh, and if we give, we want to write this in three days. And if you, if you have to want to contribute, come to us. The, anyway, but that's the point is, for me, wasn't that as much. The point was, uh, I still baffled by how, we have these situations in 2022, and it's not in a country where your sexuality is um, rejected per se. It's, it's we're talking the US, we're talking the UK, we're talking to this mm. in this case was Australia. Mm. Right? So I'm so tired of it. And then you have something like Pride Month, um, which is meant to be a celebration, and then you've got all the corporate bandwagoning, and everybody suddenly has a as a rainbow in the color uh, in, in in the logo and and their rainbow products and it's 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 a very confusing time for me because i in my day to day i'm thinking we're sort of over that and then you hear something like kelly holmes making a public statement and and then i link it to what you described buddy it, it's exactly so we had a really deep and vulnerable conversation about her struggles hmm. uh, and it was it was very touching and also just beautiful for somebody to be so articulate and then a year later you kind of recognize that wow even within that there was still this other layer behind that where you're in your 50s and you still feel for whatever reason uh, you can't talk about everything yeah, yeah, and that's that's that goes deep. Yeah, yeah. I hear you on the part that, in in some way, the fact that we are celebrating it feels bizarre. Mm -hmm. And then there is this other tension that comes to me, which is like, she will be a role model to many others, so she will. I'm, I'm, I'm certain of it and I'm really hopeful for it that it will open up a space for many others within different fields, whether that means the army, the entrepreneurship, the sports space, etc. So it's the tension. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah. Look, the first soccer player in a, in a major league football team in the UK where football soccer is very important only came out like a couple of months ago and he was a young mm -hmm. guy he was only with the team for a short period of time and and there's a generational thing where people people don't grow up with the legacy and the trauma uh of the 80s and the 90s um who may find it easier but it's still a subject i mean how is it possible that you've got an entire machinery of uh top league soccer clubs and there's not a single person until two months ago, there wasn't a single person um, that was publicly gay. And you go, 
does it have to be? Why, why does this matter? But on the other side, it's their role model piece. But it's also, the, I mean, we're doing, we're, we're talking about normalizing the conversation around mental health and entrepreneurship, right? It's the same thing. I don't, I don't want this to be a thing. I don't want this to be a detail that matters. It should be just absolutely part of reality for everybody. Oh, but I feel it. It's in, it, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I was just thinking, you know, in a, Hmm. In this, in the spectrum of like other parts of our identity, uh, just because about gender and entrepreneurship. So for a very long time, even I myself, and I see many others who still do that is like, I did write women entrepreneurs. And then I was like, what the F like, just drop the women, but it is an entrepreneur. Right. And and one thing I just have to say, this is like people around me, they know, but like I get so bugged between the, when we inter, like use them interchangeably, the women and female, because somebody taught me a lesson about a difference. And now, you know, I, whenever I hear that people saying like, they want to say women and they see female and stuff. I was just like, edu- let's educate, you know, let's pause, let's educate ourselves. There is a difference, but that's for a different different story it, it's that piece it is that again it is that tension because i know that often people do that because they want to highlight the lack of women in in leadership and entrepreneurship and at the same time i feel like it devalues it takes something away from the power of that entrepreneur regardless of the gen- gender and i'm mm-hmm. like why right like why do you have to care that so i think it's um yeah it's, it's a much deeper conversation on the subject um, um but i think it's a useful reflection that you know whilst we sort of say we are with her and i think for me personally the beauty came from just now being able to nearly like hug her fully regardless that i it was it was none of my business but it was just that part that she shared that she was suffering. Mm. So that's where the, I guess, the piece of empathy, I guess, kicked in for me, which now is like, you know, but I guess there are still layers we have no idea about, which she might not want to share. But and that's best for every, each of us. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. There, there, is, there is a thing here for me where I'm just getting... I mean, the work's far from being done, right? Uh, there's people who are comfortable with the L and the G in LGBT, but the moment you start talking about trans people, they still behave in a different way. I, I'm so tired of people my age really struggling with the concept of pronouns. And then you look mm-hmm. at 15-year-old kids who grew up in a world where it's, it's a very different, mm-hmm. all the studies about kind of people in between 12 and 18 today identify at a much, much higher percentage to be somewhere on the sexuality spectrum, somewhere on the gender identity spectrum. And you go, you know what? Maybe it's just a question of recognizing that a lot of my kind of contemporaries are just dinosaurs. And as Mm. long as they don't create legislation that makes other people's life, they just need to die out and let the next generation claim to what... Take over. But so we we have Mm. had people on the podcast who... Uh, very comfortable talking about being being queer, being LGBT, having an identity that revolves around that as well. Um, and there is something around identity here, right? Because um, it sometimes influences your life choices and influences 
um, or it impacts um, your life in a way that creates trauma, creates mental health uh, experiences that are, are important to who you are. And for some people, it's a smoother ride. But it does also go back to if you're a straight white male, then you're just less likely to have experienced some of these traumatic moments in your life. Um, mm. and, and just acknowledging that one of the reasons people like to talk is because they have the need to create more stories for people to relate to, which is the, the role model thing that you mentioned, Bloody, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is a big topic in entrepreneurship and mental health. Um, as you said, identity per se, right? And uh, who we come across, the acceptance, the piece of acceptance. And I have a really good sense that the next guest on Make It that we are preparing for you guys and a recording this week, if everything goes well with the COVID, will be a super powerful episode, especially focused on identity. Uh, and I'm really excited about it. Um, but that's for you know future. What, Yes, I, I can talk a little bit about identity uh, since it's going this way because I started seeing my therapist again because I feel like with a new business that I'm starting, I'm getting into areas that I might still need, might need some support again. And it was interesting that we she went there with me last time we spoke because mm-hmm. um, I went to this conference, which was my return into the fintech world and and. It was interesting because we, we talked about on, the, on our conversations uh, on, on Naked before about my kind of my need for validation, uh, external validation. And, and to some extent, I always try to fix that and kind of thinking it's a bad thing. And she's kind of trying to get me to understand that just acknowledging that it's there. And if you need to feed it, feed it. It's not hurting anybody. It's not hurting you either. Uh, but I had this mindset mm. of, oh, this is a strong need for validation. I need to, I need to be free of it. And, and I noticed that a lot of my identity still is through work. So being back at Money 2020 and being seen as the fintech person that I was, was kind of nice. And people coming up and saying, oh, I haven't seen you in three years. What are you doing now? Oh, this is interesting. And um, it actually gave me more, more of a sense of being grounded because mm-hmm. the last three years I was doing all this beautiful stuff, which was a bit of playing around. Oh, well, let's explore this. Let's explore that. And now suddenly I'm in a place where I'm going, you know what? This is feels like home. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. nice mm-hmm. kind of comfortable feeling. So going back to identity and belonging, um, I kind of experienced that a couple of weeks ago without being aware that this is what's happening. But it's taken away some of the other side, which was a feeling of not belonging, uh, that I was kind of consciously or unconsciously carrying with me for the last three and a half years. Hmm. How do you know when this is a dopamine hit versus actually this, this this is part of my system, this is part of my well-being, it does feel grounded, it's good. Well, it's not it's not very binary, is it? It's a bit of both. Hmm. The reason why I ask is because I was actually funny that you talk about it. Yesterday I was listening to a conversation that one of the people I really like to listen, which is Rich Roll, he was having about happiness and uh, thrivers, achievers, and he was discussing heavily the dopamine hits. And especially for entrepreneurs, so we seek a lot of the satisfaction 
and sort of the engine for us to go in the work, right? And in the different events and the validations, as you said. Um, and I guess there was there was a deeper conversation around ability to reflect on that. And I guess having the ability to sense when it's when it's fine, like I can manage this, I'm still aware. I think it's that sense of awareness, like being able to look at yourself from the bird perspective. And then also being aware that this is a sort of a short-term thing because it hits and then it goes. So you're looking for more and more and more and more. And that's where it becomes, might become harmful or not helpful to us. And they were going deeper into conversation around, so what are the other things? And somehow, obviously, they came to things like relationships and family and whatever chosen families, right? It doesn't have to be the construct of family that we knew from the past. But um, it was interesting conversation and you made me think about it. So I was just curious how you sort of reflect on it. And it's not like I'm not trying to peel in there and be like, hey, you know, there's something wrong. You should look at it. But it's just, yeah, I was just curious about your reflection on that. I think this is a gut response. Uh, The sense of belonging that comes from this being recognized and being remembered uh, is is a very, it's it's a much more, it's it's like a deeper feeling. And it's got something to do with feeling my confidence more than feeling my, um, give me this instant response, like when you eat something, mm. I saw mm. it's, it's, mm. it's, it's more long-term. I don't, and mm. Maybe that's, I'm, I'm not very articulate about this. I, I have a sense of what it is. Um, but at the same time, it requires also just, I think the big difference between the old world and my old life and now is that I don't stay within that world. Mm-hmm. I also take my times to recharge and reflect. So, so it's I'm part aware. of your system. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm aware yes. that what's happening rather than yes. going, because in, in the early days of startup boot camps, so we're talking about 10 years ago, you know, tribe where it was all just dopamine to, to mm. stay with the terminology. Mm. It was all like, okay, this is cool. And this is cool. And we're living in this world and we're traveling with people and we meet people who are all in this world. It was just fueling each other's hype. Uh, without necessarily having these moments of trying to figure out what is it addressing and is it healthy and is it sustainable and mm. at what cost does it come mm. to? I think the biggest, mm. maybe also the other aspect of this is being aware that this doesn't cost me anything mm-hmm. emotionally. Sort of being there is nice and I know it gives me a nice feeling and I walk away from it and have a c- c- quiet moment, but I don't go Attached, searching maybe. for it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. S- sounds like that. Um, I-, I think it's super interesting topic, like that, you know, ability to even ask yourself a question before you go to something like that, like money. Are you okay? If you yeah, see yeah. Nectar, you can't see him. He's like all like I'm, I'm ouching. It's a yoga session yesterday. Sorry, it was a bit wiggly. <laughs> okay, so that's a, that's, a, that's the, the good part. Um, what was my thread? Um, I think it was, oh yeah, I know. So when you go for something like this, where you know that you probably are going to hit the dopamine and, but it is part of your world. It is part of who you are. It is part of your contributions as well, right? I mean, the creations, I think that question around 
why am I going to like, why am I going there? Like, what am I trying to seek out of this? I, I feel like that's a useful question to ask prior, maybe engaging in some of the things that the motivation sometimes might not be as helpful in the long term. And yeah, that, that's something that I'm trying to carry with me. It's not always the case, but um, it, it gives me a little bit of a mirror with, the, with myself. Sometimes mm. it's uncomfortable because mm. you, you see yourself in the mirror and you are like, oh my God, are, are you serious? Like, are you going for that, you know, fame thing um, again? And then, yeah. We can, <laughs> so we can link yourself. it. We can link it to the conversation about Kelly Holmes because for me, a lot of it goes back to authenticity and responding to some of these external triggers and impulses is sometimes not being authentic. It's just being chasing something that's fun and it gives you something. Uh, whereas the sense of belonging feeds into being authentic. It's just me. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not living, I'm not doing something that goes against my values and and again, being very aware that it's not always easy and binary as, as, as that. But when you were talking about this, I was thinking there is something there about the more centered you feel and the more mm. authentic you can be, the more, the easier some of these things also get. It's easier to say no to something. It's easier Absolutely. to walk away. Yeah. I totally hear you. And you said something which sounds like, of course, I have that, but I don't think that's the case for most of the people or for a lot of people. You said, when I'm not doing something against my values, and I want to pause there, because this is interesting how we are interlinked. We didn't prep this before. In my last therapy, uh, Sarah asked me, what do I want to work on? And we reflected on something in the personal life, and that was good. We actually, she said, oh, this sounds like you want to talk about sense of belonging. And she checked with me and I was like, no, I'm good. I'm feeling pretty grounded with really good sense of belonging right now. And she said, so what do you want to talk about? And I was like, hmm, I think I would like to articulate my values because there were a lot of triggers that I didn't have to go into that. It's just, we don't have time, but there were a lot of triggers over the past months or so that kicked me to a place of like, you know what? I would like to not only feel it or sense it, I would like to have it on the paper and even ask myself, like, those are some words. What do they actually mean for me mm. in actions? And then start to do some conscious effort, some conscious living around those values. Uh, we started the exercise. It was also linked a little bit with a purpose statement. But I just sort of wanted to pause on this one because, so I'm 35 turning this summer. And it was an interesting reflection where I sort of sense like, I know what my sense of value or where my values are, but they're still sort of hanging out in the air. And which I, I guess it's okay. Like I feel it's okay. Like I didn't have a burning thing, but I, I did have the trigger inside, which is like, I want to now see them and touch them and start mm -hmm. consciously integrate them. So interesting how this works. Um, maybe if you guys are listening out there and, have some exercises uh, please do share i think we can even share some with you i i have few that we explored in my therapy and stuff but i think it's a useful exercise that's all sort of maybe to conclude um to give you some compass and guidance to live more authentically 
you smiling. You wanted to close on this one. <laughs> I was thinking maybe this is an elegant way of, of, of closing. Um, I think a conversation about values, we can, we can talk about this in many different ways. Uh, it made me smile because I actually don't have that desire to be very specific about them. Mm. I quite like the fact that I know that there's something there and there's different buckets and how they manifest themselves can be different. Um, but it's definitely there and it has to feel right when I talk to other people about doing something together. And if it doesn't feel right, even without the words, then we're not going there. Um, but yeah, that's definitely for another conversation. <laughs> yeah. And also I felt like it opened another topic, which is about one was about the conscious decisions and conscious living, um, which is sort of the other side of sort of being a receiver and responser, right? Like I'm responding to things. Um, and also it made me think about boundaries. So as you said, like the ease of saying no, the ease of making decisions that for me comes also with the clarity. And some days I feel that it's easier for me to make those decisions and make those calls. But then there are others where I think because in my own, case because I have them a little blurry it takes me a while to search again for the compass and I feel like I would I just want to have it somewhere and I know that might change over time but like I nearly felt that sort of need to sharpen it and just help myself in in making some of the tough calls um so yeah that that was that was sort of the thought I had this <laughs> You have this one thing which I wanted to ask you about, but I, it's like a small exercise, but I'm also consciously saying that I'm not sure how it's going to go and whether it's not going to be like an awkward ending. So it's sort of maybe it's a leading thing. But now, as I said it already, maybe maybe I just need to do it with you. Are you, are you up for it? Let's give it a go. Okay. So... I'm very comfortable saying no. <laughs> okay, good. You checked your compass. It's all good. Um, so this is not my exercise. This is something I took from the famous ritual, but I, I really liked it. So it, it was it's sort of connected. So he was having this conversation and this guy asked him, who is uh, actually a researcher on happiness. And he asked him that there are sort of core pillars that are both, or there are, they're both drivers for most of the people, but they can also be very harmful. So it's good to be aware of them. And he named those four pillars as fame, money, power, and pleasure. And the question for you now, Nectarius, is out of those four, which one Tell me, tell me one that you are ready to take, take down, take away of the group, like immediately, like it doesn't, it's not necessarily important for you. So fame, money, power, and pleasure. This is, this is actually an interesting exercise. No, I'm not <laughs> going to kill you. It's, it's interesting. Look, uh, let's spend some time on this. Let's play. Fame, yeah. fame, fame comes with, I had a period in my life where I was famous within my community as a fintech influencer, and I enjoyed it. I don't think I was chasing it, but it would definitely, it gave me something that I really enjoyed. And it also came with, it was a door opener. It was actually good for business. So I actually enjoyed that. 
And when I talk about needing that external validation, I kind of missed it a little bit. So it's nice. And I know it feeds my ego and I'm actually quite okay with that. Money has never been a big driver for me. I've always, when I'm, whenever I made choices in my life, they were never driven by let's get rich. They were always driven by let's do something fun. And if we can get enough money to survive, that's mm -hmm. good enough. Um, pleasure. I'm very much a pleasure driven person. And that's when it comes to food, then it comes to other activities, rarely to the degree that it's harmful, but sometimes mm -hmm. borderline. I used to drink a lot more when I was younger because it was fun. Um, so uh, and the last and one was power. power. Mm -hmm. The power one is an interesting one. Uh, power sounds strong. The ability to influence people is a little bit softer. And, and that is definitely something I quite enjoy. Um, so, so if, I were, to if yes. I were to rank them, the least important one, the one I could care least about is probably money. Okay. I think, I think then power, if we take it literally, uh, then it gets difficult because uh, between, between fame and pleasure, I would probably give up fame if I can still get my daily kicks of what I consider to be the pleasurable stuff. Oh. So I'm a hedonist. And <laughs> <laughs> you're also a good player. Um, thanks for playing. It's beautiful and it's not easy. I think it can also be yeah. pretty uncomfortable and vulnerable. Um, just to you know, share. Yeah, I was about to go. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So I know I see your face. So it's interesting because we, the first two are similar. I give up money. I give up power. I give up pleasure. It's high, but I give up pleasure and I stay with fame. Mm. And it's quite an uncomfortable space because it's this immediate mirror. And it brings me to a place of, questioning to that question that we said before which is like asking yourself intentionally why i'm doing certain things and when it purely comes from that like oh, oh i want to i want that external validation that you said rather than there is a deeper meaning that i trust myself or i'm trying to exercise more the muscle to actually say no or to maybe sometimes be very clear about it and that's the intention with which I'm going, but then be also mindful around probably there is that harmful place if I'm mm -hmm. only doing it from this. So I guess, and that, that that's also what I took from their conversation, which was like, it's not to point and shame in no way, because each of us have something else there in our own bucket, but it's more about the awareness, seeing yourself. And then also, I guess, just being able to find some sort of a healthy relationship with it. So I think that's for today. <laughs> Good. Well, thank you for this. Mm -hmm. Well, awesome. thank you, Rachel. <laughs> awesome. We gave him a lot of promo. He should pay us some yes. money. Yeah, he has a lot of marketing idea. Awesome. Don't, let's not cut this. Let's keep it there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he will retweet us. Okay, guys. Uh, okay. Good to see you, Nectarius. Good to see you. You keep up well. Ciao. Uh, see you soon. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. <laughs>
You've been listening to Naked by The Future Farm, where entrepreneurship is stripped to its vulnerable core. To learn more about our work, sign up to our newsletter or visit thefuturefarm.co, where you can also apply to be a Naked guest. And remember, subscribe, follow and rate Naked to help share it with the world.